Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome back. Today I want to talk about the child who is always happy, the people pleaser, the one who doesn't have a bunch of tantrums, is known to be the rule follower because while we and society would praise this, this is actually a sign that children are storing up their feelings and they're getting stuck inside and they're pushing them down. And that's not something that we want to promote. We want to encourage them and to understand that emotions are healthy and they're normal and they need to feel safe that they can let them out. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about why we want this, why we want to change it, and a couple tips on how you can start doing that if you find that your child might tend to be this way. So a lot of times kids can gather that to be a quote-unquote good child or, you know, whatever it might be, they need to suppress their feelings. And kids often pick up on this, but some children, especially if they're highly sensitive or, you know, just depending on personality, can pick up on this to an even greater extent. And based on, you know, whether there's rewarding behavior, um, more consequences or punishments, I guess you could say, um, or just sometimes the the language that you use a lot of praise for doing you know the right thing or the good thing using that kind of language kids can take that in and they might not be able to explain and they probably wouldn't explain it anyways but it gets imprinted into them and it can shift their identity from when they're not feeling like you know maybe their best self they want to cry or throw out their feelings, they remember that that's actually quote-unquote bad. And so they start to bottle that up. And we really want to change this because sure, it might feel better in these instances when they're young and feelings can be intense and maybe we don't have the ability to be self-controlled at times. But as we get older, as our children get older, and they continue to do this, it can create some patterns that are really hard to get out of, and that can lead to more trouble in the future, whether that's expressing their feelings, processing their feelings, not just burying everything. Um, Perfectionism is a really big one. So we really want to encourage our kids that emotions are normal and they're supposed to happen and it's okay and they're safe to have them with us. And a lot of times I think we might inadvertently, without knowing it, be kind of promoting the blocking of releasing feelings. And so 
I wanted to give you two tips to get started if you feel like this could be the situation you're in. And if you are, I also want to encourage you that it's okay. It's okay if you've been in a pattern for a while. Things can change anytime. And I was actually talking with somebody on Instagram in messages the other day. And, you know, she was just saying, oh, I wish I would have, like, she read one of my stories and like, oh, I wish I would have done what you just said there. And I said, you know what? You're going to have another opportunity probably pretty soon to implement what you want to implement. And that's the thing about behavior um, and the strategies and the connection strategies. There's always opportunity, whether your child is a baby. Yep. We can do these things for babies. Or if your child is a teenager or if your child's already out of the house, like these are things that can be done. Yes, they're going to be, they're going to look a little different if you have an adult child, but the principle and the idea behind them stays the same no matter what age your child is. So the first tip on how to start drawing emotions back to the surface, because once we can draw them to the surface and your child understands it's safe for you to start releasing or like safe with you to start releasing feelings, then they will start to naturally be doing that. So tip number one is to figure out how you can be okay with feelings because chances are if you're kind of in this pattern, no offense, but it stems from ourselves. So if you are finding your child is kind of the you know, always happy or always doing the quote-unquote right thing or always being quote-unquote good, then figure out and just like pay attention to the way that you have conversations or maybe the way that you're, if you do a lot of rewarding, whether that is through actual like physical rewards or a lot of praising and see if there's anything that you can see there and then figure out, am I okay with big feelings? Like, does it bother me if there's a lot of crying? Is it hard for me? Do I feel overwhelmed when there's a lot of crying? Did I grow up in a home where I wasn't allowed to cry? Because sometimes you might think, I don't have a problem with crying. But in the heat of the moment, we are going to resort to the patterning that we were raised with. And so if you were raised in a home where it wasn't okay to cry, you might not outright be thinking, I don't want my child to cry but you might be starting to do some of the things that were modeled for you. So really take some time and figure that out. And I'll just give you an example. So when my oldest, who's five, was maybe around two, um, he, he was, I would say, kind of advanced for his age at that point and really into coloring. He had a pretty big vocabulary already. Um, and there was a point where he didn't want to color because he could see the difference between my coloring inside the lines and his coloring and he couldn't color the same as me. And at that point, you know, that was pretty early on in my journey of learning all of these things. And I, we did do a lot of praise, a lot of good job. And he had this idea of like, oh, I don't want to do it now because it can't be perfect or it's not perfect. And perfect was an, a thing that I would naturally say, like not even describing that it was perfect, but 
oh, you did that. Perfect. You know, it just kind of flows out unless you're being aware and bringing awareness to those things that you're saying and what might be internalized as you're saying them. So tip number one is figure out how to be okay with the feelings, or if you feel like you are, start digging deeper into why there might be a block there. And then tip number two, start listening through the feelings when they come. Don't distract away from them. I did a podcast, I'll link it in the show notes, but there was three things that we unintentionally do to stop and block feelings. So if you didn't hear the episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. And then just say things like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have big feelings. I cry when, and give an example, or I cry when I'm sad too. Kids need to understand that, especially if they feel like they're in a pattern of crying is not okay, they need to understand that we cry as well. Even if it's not very often, that we still have feelings too, because it might seem obvious to us, but their cognitive capacity is much different than ours. And they don't necessarily think that way. And so just providing examples and sharing with them that we do it too, or even um, other like siblings or family members so that they don't feel like they're being isolated. And bonus tip, start doing special time. I feel like a broken record if you've listened to any of my other episodes, but special time and If you want to learn more about it, you can go back to episode number one. That's how important I think it is. I made it into episode number one. Um, But special time, different than one-on-one time, builds connection, trust, and safety. So if you have this, you know, this challenge of your child doesn't fully want to acknowledge or share feelings, doing special time will start to help your child build that trust and that safety to start expressing some of those feelings as special time comes to an end. And so if you are just really struggling through it, that would be a really good opportunity to start encouraging it more and more. If you would like some more specific ideas for your child or your situation, I do offer one-on-one coaching. I do you know, 45 minute to one hour sessions where we talk about the challenges you're experiencing and I give you a well-rounded behavioral blueprint of things that you can go forward and start implementing. So this includes things like behavioral strategies, it includes sensory input strategies, and it includes these connection-focused strategies. So it's a really well-rounded group of strategies that are simple to implement. I'm not going to say easy, but they're very basic and simple. And once you have these tools, you can continue to use them for any child, for any age. They don't change. There's just little tweaks here and there based on your specific environment and situation and that sort of thing. So if that's something that you're interested in, I will also put the link in the show notes for that. And you can even book a discovery call if you want to just find out if it's something that might be helpful for you and your family. So in the end, just remember feelings are a good thing. And if we have a child who is only expressing mainly one feeling or is not doing age appropriate tantrums and meltdowns, while at first that might be like, yes, we have a quote unquote good one. 
often those are ones that we need to be even more maybe not concerned but aware of that they're blocking their feelings and they need to get them out because emotional um stuck feelings can create physical can manifest into physical illnesses chronic illnesses in the long term but it can also impact their mental health as well so it's something that's really important to start diving into and again it's simple not necessarily easy but start pick something and start getting to it all right go on and get connected Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and take me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.